I'm Graham Smith. I'm the head of obstetrics and gynecology at Queen's University and the Kingston Health Science Centre in Kingston, Ontario. We established the Mothers Program to provide a reliable source of information about pregnancy on the internet with the goal to improve mothers' health through education, research, and screening. The Mothers Podcasts are an extension of that. Today, we're going to be discussing planning for bringing a new baby home and newborn care. Our guest is Dr. Elaine Ma. Dr. Ma is a family doctor in Kingston who takes care of women during pregnancy, in labor, and after delivery. Elaine, welcome and thank you for speaking with us. Good morning. Thanks for the opportunity to join you today. So pregnancy under the best of circumstances may be associated with anxiety, and, and much of that may be around the delivery, but also taking a new baby home whether it's your first baby or you've had one before, how should pregnant individuals and their partners start to plan? The first thing I always tell pregnant moms and their partners is that there are so many right ways to do almost everything with babies. While it may seem that everyone has a right way to do things and lists of instructions for you, there are actually very few things that are absolutes in raising a baby and a child. The other thing to remember is that you don't need everything on day one. To leave the hospital, you need a car seat, some diapers, sleepers, and a place for your baby to sleep, such as a bassinet. Most other things are not needed on the first day home from hospital. You will also need feeding to be established, whether that be by breast milk, in which case a breast pump can be helpful, or formula, in which case bottles and nipples are necessary. I remember one of our nurses telling me that she was unprepared when her baby was born. And so, in fact, for the first week or so, the baby was sleeping in a drawer because she didn't have a bassinet. A drawer or laundry baskets were great. There is nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I had three and I've never had a bassinet. So the first two weeks at least can be somewhat overwhelming. You're not sleeping and trying to figure out what to do with this new baby, which essentially just eats, sleeps, and excretes in the first number of weeks. Is there anything that people can put in place to make those first few weeks easier? Absolutely. Remember that your primary job in those first few weeks is to help your new bundle of joy survive. Lower your expectations about a clean house. Enjoy every moment that you can with your baby. You will be tired, extremely tired. Sleep when baby sleeps. Limit visitors, even in non-COVID times. If visitors come, remember that their role is to help you, not to enjoy your baby. If friends and family ask how they can help, suggest dropping off a pre-made meal or picking up groceries or diapers for you. Have them do things that allow you to spend more time bonding with your baby rather than handing your baby off so you can do work around the house. So let's talk about sleeping, both from baby's point of view and new parents. How's the baby supposed to sleep? I remember it, when we were having our kids uh, a long time ago, it was back to bed. What about blankets and other stuff in the bassinet? What about co-sleeping? So babies should sleep on their back and should sleep in their own bed, whatever bed that is. So often that's a bassinet, and many people put that in their room for their baby, which does allow them to hear their baby when they first wake up and want to be fed. We do limit other things that are in that bed or bassinet, such as blanket, and just let the baby sleep in their sleeper. So gone are the days of seven or eight hours of sleep in a row. If they get that amount of sleep spread over 24 hours, then they're probably doing as best as possible, but it's exhausting. The take-home message that I tell new parents is that when baby sleeps, mom needs to sleep. When baby's asleep, is not the time to do the dishes or other stuff. Baby can be put in a place to watch you do that when it's awake, but sleep is a precious commodity, and there's nothing like exhaustion to make people not enjoy the experience or add to the stress of taking care of this newborn and lead to breakdown in communication between partners. Any thoughts? I completely agree with you. 
When your baby is older, you aren't going to look back and wish that your house had been cleaner. You're hopefully going to remember the good times that you had snuggling with your baby. Even if you have a fussy baby, those times to snuggle are important, and in fact, even more important. In Chinese culture, there's actually a celebration at 100 days of life. I tell everybody that the first 100 days are difficult, but they too will get through them. Enjoy the moments you can and recognize that easier times are coming. It's okay not to love every moment of being a parent and to be frustrated by your baby not sleeping. Those are very normal emotions and should be discussed and not shamed. So parents take their baby home. When should they be seen by their primary health care provider for normal postpartum assessments? So assuming we're talking about the moms at this point, moms should be seen for regular postpartum visits six weeks after delivery. However, moms should also feel very comfortable making appointments before then as well. As there are lots of changes in mom's life, not just babies. Your primary care provider wants to help you with those things like mood and breastfeeding. Yeah, certainly uh, we know that blood pressure actually peaks in the first kind of three or four days after delivery. And so if you've had a problem with a blood pressure in pregnancy, you know, you are somebody who should be seen sooner, not just obviously waiting for six weeks. But what about baby? When are babies normally assessed? The first visit that we want to see baby is usually within two days of being discharged from hospital. We want to check in on both you and baby to make sure that the transition is smooth. If you're worried, you should be seen. That carries on beyond the time of the initial first couple days. Never feel silly about being concerned about your baby. We're here to help, and we want to help support you during this, quite honestly, difficult time. What is it you're doing at these visits, and what do you talk to patients about? Sometimes we're assessing the actual health of the baby, and often we're reassuring parents that what they're doing is okay, and they're doing everything they need to be doing. But if there are things that need to be done differently, whether it be uh, we need to increase feeding, whether we need to remember it's okay to ask for help, we're trying to provide that education as well. We're also doing things like measuring babies, weighing babies, making sure they're growing, making sure they're not yellow or jaundice, which can be a sign that they either need more feeding or sometimes some treatment in hospital. So you're routinely assessing the baby week one, week two, week four, week eight, when immunizations start. What are things that parents should watch for that would lead them either to need to be seen sooner or even go to the emergency department? So again, I'm going to emphasize, never feel silly about being concerned about your baby. Everyone in the healthcare field is here to help support you through this time of transition in your life and through the start of the new life for your little baby. If you're worried, you should be seen. Often those visits can be with your primary care provider. But if not, then remember that the emergency department is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for you and your baby. Extra assessments are required if your baby isn't urinating or can't be woken up or is very sleepy. If they are very yellow in color, they should be seen as well. But again, if your primary care provider is available, you should give them a call first because sometimes they can prevent you actually needing to go to the emergency department. But don't delay if you can't get a hold of them. So just along that lines, how many wet diapers a day are babies supposed to be having? We want babies to have one wet diaper per day of life up until six. So on day one, one wet diaper. On day two, two wet diapers. Three, four, five, and six. And then from day six on, we want them to continue to have about six wet diapers. So I'm sure if I asked 100 experts, I'd get 100 different answers on how to raise a baby or child. One thing that people can find very stressful is being told by friends who have children or family members on how to do things. Any thoughts? Remember that everybody has an opinion and everybody has a conflicting opinion.
Listen if you want to, but only implement what works for you and your baby. Feel free to tell people that you've made decisions that work for you and your baby and that you don't want to follow their plans. But at the same time, do try to remember that everyone is well-intended. Despite that, though, again, I come back to you get to make the choices what's right about you and your baby. I like your comment about people coming over to visit, not to take your baby away, but to provide you time with your baby or to support you to have that time with your baby. What are you telling new parents about COVID and having family or friends or siblings interacting with the newborn? So first of all, continue to follow all the public health regulations and guidance about visitors and especially out-of-town travelers. Keep your baby away from anyone who's sick with COVID-like symptoms or for that matter, any other transmittable illness. That instruction isn't unique to this time. Fortunately, we do know that young people, including babies, do well, even if they do contract COVID-19. That said, prevent the exposure if you can. Prevent exposure from anybody who is sick with pretty much anything that's contagious. We did a podcast earlier about the COVID vaccine in pregnant women and breastfeeding. And the recommendation is that it should be offered to all pregnant women, given that pregnant women are an increased chance of being admitted to hospital or ICU or having pregnancy complications, specifically like preterm birth. There's actually data coming out now to show that women who have COVID, uh, and presumably the data will come out relating to the vaccine, that the antibodies you produce actually get across the placenta and they are protecting babies. So similar, like if you got the flu shot in pregnancy. Uh, And so while babies seem to be at lower risk of having complications related to COVID, they're not at no risk. So those are clearly a good thing. But, you know, you want to try to protect babies so that they're not being exposed to the virus. Any final bits of advice for new uh, parents-to-be or parents with a newborn? Try to enjoy this time, but also recognize that you are not going to enjoy every moment. That is okay. Remember that you're going to make it through the first 100 days, after which time it should get easier. Also remember that there are a few absolutes in childbearing. Do what is right for you and your baby and seek advice from your primary care provider if you're worried at any time whatsoever. Thank you, Elaine, for taking the time to join us in the middle of clinic to discuss postpartum planning and newborn care with us. I want to thank our guest as well as Adelaide Burroughs, who helped to produce this podcast and for those behind the scenes. We will put links to more information on this and other topics on our website, www.themothersprogram.ca. The Mother's Program is all one word. If you have any comments, suggestions, or ideas for topics or people that we should interview, please use the contact section of our website. In the next episode, we'll be talking with Dr. Marissa Hornacek to discuss sex after pregnancy. Until then, be safe. (music) 